Hello, and welcome to the first podcast of the new year. And um, who would have thought that we would still be in a lockdown situation now in 2021, back in March when we first started to see the implications of COVID affecting us both at work and, and at home. Um, it's been an incredible year in so many ways. Um, back then, we began to anticipate some of the pressures that COVID would have on our mental well-being. And Ian Helps, one of our directors, led a webinar called Thriving in Sales. And it was really helping provide some very simple, basic pointers as to how we can set ourselves up for success as salespeople during these very challenging times. The webinar itself was presented to over 5,000 people globally. In it, he talks about what we can do to help ensure that you're giving your customers what they need during these times, as well as looking at the importance of looking after yourself. I thought this was still highly relevant now, as we're probably approaching a peak time uh, globally in terms of deaths, certainly a peak time in terms of new hospital administrations. They're hopefully with the vaccine in sight, we're going to start to see an easing off of the terrible situation that we found ourselves in. So um, we wanted to share this webinar with you again on this podcast, simply because we think that there are so many um, good points to take away from it, particularly as we look at the first half of 2021 and very much hope that you enjoy it. So welcome, everyone. Welcome to something that we've called Thriving in Sales right now. This is something that we've now had the opportunity to share with over 5,000 people across the world um, in over 50 countries. We're just doing the analysis. We think it might be 100. And what I'm going to suggest to you is that this is a global opportunity, a global threat, and everything in between for all of us in sales. A unique time, a once in a generation at least time, for humanity to come together and experience something all at the same time. So what the focus of this is about is thriving in sales right now. Thriving is quite a strong word. We're not talking about survival. We're not talking about just adapting to. We're talking about thriving. How you can get into that zone where positive things are going on for you. What that takes and how you go about managing, as we put here, your change how you manage your own journey into that more powerful future by starting with looking after yourself. This starts with quite a section on understanding what we're going through, getting the right things in order for us, and then connecting to what your customers want. So a little bit about me. Some of you know me, most of you don't. Uh, my name is Ian Helps. Some people have said to me, that's a really fortunate name to have for something like this. And I guess wasn't much I can do with it, was it? But it's a very happy name to be able to share. My mission is to help one million people to thrive. And we'll be talking a lot more about mission and purpose later in a genuine sense. And because I am driven by that mission, everything I do is to help a million people to thrive. And I hope that by coming on this webinar today, I'll be able to help you to thrive. And what we've seen from other people who've attended it is they've then used some of these materials with family, with friends, with colleagues, and even with their own customers 
um, to help to take us all through this. So I guess the, the subtopic of this is how to thrive in sales when working from home. A huge portion of the world is locked down at the moment. Some of us, and I'm in the lucky situation, I've worked from home on and off for 15 years. But for many of us, we are feeling almost imprisoned at home. We're feeling in a world that's quite foreign. So how do you thrive in sales when you're working from home? And I'm going to suggest to you that we know that sales is a mixture of revenue. It's a mixture of revenue and people. Uh, we're employed because we need to help our uh, organizations we work for achieve performance, hit sales targets, bring in revenue. That's why we get paid to do what we do. We also know that sales is fundamentally about people. It's people buy from people. We are connected with our customers, we're connected to our colleagues, our suppliers, many people rely on us. And right now, my suggestion to build on that is the people side of this equation, whether you're a sales leader with a team that you're responsible for, whether you're a colleague looking after um, your customers and your organization's interests, whether you're in frontline sales to help your customers, even with family and friends, we all have an enormous responsibility, a duty of care for fellow people that we're with, which goes well beyond the normal sales relationship. And we'll be exploring that. So the agenda to take us through this is as follows. We're going to be starting with the journey of change. We're then going to get the basics and the routines under control and build on purpose and values for success. After that, we're gonna be looking at our health, mental and physical, and to build our own unique call to action, uh, our thriving charter. And those first two components, the journey of change, the basics and routines, are about how we manage the basics, how we get ourselves into survival mode. But that's not enough. We're going to go into thriving, which is this very positive sense of development, of moving forward. We need to move into something different, some new territory. And that's where purpose and values come in. They give us this sense of a beacon, a guiding light to pull us through into the future. And that's why that then is the central part of this agenda. So we're going to start off with the three components around the platform for your um, building this so that you can get through where we currently are. So the first component is managing your own change. In sales, we're often used to looking after our customers of maybe supporting colleagues. But right now, it's recognizing that any form of change is gonna impact on you at work. And in this case, also in your personal life. It's just going to, and it will be affecting us in different ways uh, and at different times. So both you and your colleagues, even the colleague on the, would have been the desk next to you, but the person you work closely with, may be in a very different situation on how they're experiencing this change. And the suggestion then is that we use certain steps to accelerate our journey of change. There are three building blocks of what we'll be sharing with you. The first is limit worry and anxiety by focusing on those things in your control. Easy to say, 
there's so much in the news there's so much we probably experience when we're on whatsapp or zoom calls or anything else with our friends on our facebook pages so much anxiety going on to really make the progress this is about getting some things under control and some of those things that you can get under control are about how you work at home what your work environment is to then secondly to develop your own self-awareness and motivation as the key to helping yourself first and then for others many of us put everyone else first particularly if we're parents particularly if we're very good at sales we put our customers first and we work crazy hours we do strange things to support everyone else right now please consider helping yourself first it's just like when you go on a plane and then the safety briefing they encourage you to put your own oxygen mask on first before helping others. The more you manage your own change to get yourself in a good state first, the better position you're gonna be in to support your family, your friends, your colleagues, and yes, your customers, and to be able to sell more. And to do this, you need to set some short-term goals so you can see your progress. Now let's look at the journey of change, the, the cycle that we go through. So change is instigated. We first became aware of this virus in Wuhan, in China. Then it started to progress and we heard that Wuhan was locked down. And then other people, even as they get, as countries got closer to us, we started to see this wave of, of COVID-19, of coronavirus start to sweep the world. What we've said is that actually then we get into shock and denial. We say it can't be happening. If we ignore it, it will go away. It's a passing phase. We're in complete shock about it. It can't be happening to us. Um, and in fact, if we look at us being locked down, can't be right. We can't be locked down. We're just, that's not a world we live in, but it's true. So we start with this abrupt sense of shock. We then move into loss. It was okay the way it was. I might've complained about my world, I might have complained about going to have to meet customers to spend long hours in the office. It's actually okay. I'm experiencing a sense of loss. Then it quickly turns to anger. Uh, why me? I tried to tell them it wasn't happening. Our anger is directed outwards towards politicians or people who are different to us in some way. And that this is a process that many of us will have experienced. And even if we've gone through it and are now in a different place on this emotional journey, if a relative or a friend or a colleague gets COVID, it may take us straight back again. So we're likely to go through this. Psychologists tell us it's then really critical to get to our hang-in point at the bottom of the curve. This is for real. What will be, will be. This is the beginning of accepting the change and get into positive territory. So your brain, your body is absolutely brilliant. It puts you in this mode on the left-hand side of the curve that allows you to cope. It, allow, it basically shuts your system down to allow you to cope with what may be very traumatic change. Getting to the hanging point is all about listening. It's about being appreciated. It's about support, how you support others and how they support you. As we then move from the hanging point and we come back up to the right hand side, our whole way that we feel about this change of COVID and the way we're working as sales professionals 
at home remotely from colleagues and customers, we start to think, well, maybe it is worth thinking about. Maybe I can work this video-based world of working with colleagues and customers. Maybe I can make that actually work for us. Then we start to get some buy-in. I get it, it sounds like a plan. It sounds like we can make this work. And then uh, how can I help? We move into action and enhance performance and this sense of purpose and satisfaction. So that's the theory of the journey. What does it look like? Now I'm gonna share with you something that happened to me last week. I'm on a Zoom call with a managing director setting up one of these webinars, but in-house for a company. Uh, and he told me about one of his account managers. We'll call them Dave uh, for the sake of argument. And he said, I'm a bit worried about Dave. I know he's, he has asthmatic. He's asthmatic. He has difficulty in breathing. I'm a bit worried in case he gets it. 10 minutes into the Zoom call, Ed looks at his phone and says, it's, Ed, it's Dave calling. Can I take this call? So he takes the call. Uh, Hi, Dave. Yeah, how you doing? Okay. Um, so you've got a persistent cough. You've lost your sense of taste and smell and your asthma is getting worse. Uh, so uh, you're phoning me, just take some time off, I assume, to look after yourself. Oh, you're phoning me about this sales call you've got in two days. Uh, you wanna make sure that it's a good call for the customer? Sure, we wanna progress that. Uh, we can handle it, don't worry. Really don't worry. I know you're a really high performer, really expect you calling me. Please look after yourself. Please, please, please look after your health first and foremost. You know, we need you to get through this in good shape. He put the phone down. Think what's happened there. Dave's in shock. Dave has told his boss that he's really worried about a sales opportunity. Dave has potentially put his life on the line for the sake of one sales opportunity. Just think what that means. They're probably in shock and denial at that point. And many of the people you will be working with, even if you're not there yourself, may be on this left-hand side of the curve, no matter how positive you are. So we all have to be super sensitive to our journey of change and the journey of change of others. So you can see there's, there's different places we are on that curve and you cannot know um, where the others are that you're working with. And even a customer that you may have spoken to one day, the next day they may be in a very different place and that's the world we're in. So what are the basics that help you get this under control? First is looking after yourself. I will keep stressing that. This is an unusual time. We need to look after ourselves more than ever. Anticipate stress from a new setup. Cut yourself some slack. I just had some computer glitch, all right, while we were going through this. Don't know what it was, but now I'm hopefully back live. I've had all sorts of things going on, on on these webinars and and some people worry about what's going on in the background and of course we all do and yet just think what that can be in a customer situation. So I have one customer, global head of sales and we were just talking in kind of formal sense, you know that typical sales and customer, there's this sort of verbal sparring going on. All of a sudden he says to me, well hold on Ian, I'll be back in a couple of minutes. He comes back and all of a sudden he's a completely different person. He's smiling and he said, I'm oh, sorry, it was my son. He'd fallen over, my young son. I've had to pick him up, he was crying. And then of course you get into a conversation about his son. It's fine, okay? That's what it's gonna be like. 
So this is about getting basics under control, finding a new work-life balance and routine. For many people, it's not simply taking what we used to do before we were locked down and simply just changing a few things to the world in our office at home or wherever we work from at home. Because lots of things change. You know, I, when I'm on these videos, I see couples working together with young children. I see single parents with a young child they're having to school. What on earth is work-life balance in that world? How do you make that work? And this is so that we get back to selling. All right, it's doing it in chunks. It's get yourself right first, get back to selling. Because if you try and get into selling too fast and haven't got basics under control, you just keep cycling back. That's what we're trying to help you with. So then the second piece of getting the platform right is routines. And I asked myself, who's going to be world class in working remotely? So I spoke to an ex-submarine commander because I figured they'd know about working remotely under pressure. And here's their comment. Based on my experience from submarines, the key to working in isolation is it's absolutely imperative to have a routine. If you can establish that, you can survive for far beyond what you would normally think you are capable of. So this sense of having a routine, a routine that works for you in your current situation is so important for us because when you're working remotely, when you're working at home, as many of us are, it all blurs. Work blurs into home. The weekday blurs into the weekend. So you need to set up some sort of routine. You can see I've got nine bullet points on the right. I'll go quickly through some and more slowly through others. And as I'm doing it, please, I would encourage you all, please put into chat. You know, this is not the professor with the pupils. This is a set of professionals sharing our experience. I just got here earlier than most others because I've, I've worked at home for 15 years. Please tell others on the call what's working for you. What routines are you finding are helping you through this? And as you're chatting there, I'll put some in the, um, I'll go through some of my thoughts. So the first is decide on a workspace. Some people work in bedrooms, hallways, seeing someone work on the patio outside of home, you know, a home office if you're lucky. Um, decide on the length of your workday. It's so easy to work from six o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock at night. You can't keep that going for very long. Do get dressed, showered. Um, we've had people on webinars, 11 o'clock in the morning, they're still in pajamas. I sort of get it. And yet just think what that's going to mean in your attitude to, to how you're doing things. You can use work as an opportunity to get out of the news, the news cycle. You know, if you're not careful, that consumes you. Organize the workspace. Don't forget daylight and fresh air. And then number six, keep a daily rhythm going of some sort. Don't forget to get that exercise. I'm going to come back to that so that you get away from your desk because you're going to be feeling under pressure because sales may not be going the way you expect it to. Find a conscious way of putting some, um, some ways that you've got of breaking it up and putting in some exercise or mindfulness, whatever else it is. Number seven, social and fun stuff. Consalia, we have virtual coffee breaks, 10.30 each morning. We all, those of us who are around, hop on a coffee call. 
Other examples I've heard have been virtual happy hours where people mix cocktails for each other virtually, you know, virtual lunch, you name it. Uh, we also share jokes on WhatsApp. We, uh, we just muck around a bit as well. I've heard board meetings where certain board members have um, been um, on a video call with toilet rolls on their heads just to break things up, just to just get things going. Number eight, remember peak performance is 90 minutes of activity, 15 minutes of breaks. This is from endurance athletes. It's from um, people who are high performers at work. It's not 15 hours nonstop. Mm -hmm. And then your daily activities, you'll all have your own way of doing it. Um, and yeah, thank you for those. Uh, how do you put in yeah. slots to support your routine? <laughs> yeah. So what we're finding here is that world of being on call is is more acute than ever. So we'll look at this. We'll look at this sense of how you prioritize because it's a difficult one to work out. And please do share those positive routines. And Kathy, thank you. Routine, routines and boundaries are so important. Um, and only doing work, work in your workspace and team. Yeah, you did a walkabout. That's great. You know, you've got to decide the things that are really important to you. We're going to come on to that. Okay, so this is not easy. It's absolutely not saying it's easy. It can be a very noisy environment because you're not seeing those signals. So those are kind of tips and tricks. We're going to come on to a sense of mindsets and purpose about what you're trying to achieve. There's no one answer to this. So now we're going to pivot to the world of purpose. And the reason I wanted to talk about purpose is because we need to find something that pulls us through beyond thriving, uh, beyond surviving. So again, I've gone to who was world class at surviving a really difficult time. And you'll see here, we've got Nelson Mandela, um, otherwise known as prisoner 46664, who when he was released from 27 years away from his family, um, this was a direct quote, I went on holiday for 27 years. Now just think what that means, okay? You've had someone pulled away from their family most of the time spent on this horrible Robin Island prison, an enemy of the state and treated like that. But he had a purpose. He had a sense of what he was trying to achieve as president of the African National Congress, wanting everyone, regardless of skin color, ethnicity, to live a full life as a human being. And that allowed him to come through and be the beacon that he was, the icon to so many of us, of a positive view of life, of helping others to thrive, he could have so easily come out bitter. I think his, it's true that his son was killed in a car crash while he was in jail. He wasn't allowed to go to the funeral, but he didn't let that get to him. So my suggestion to you is that, look, we're going to go through a few weeks or months. If a guy can go through 27 years and come out positive, we should be able to come out positive from this experience. And I had a, a call this morning, one of these webinars inside a company. And the head there was saying, uh, everyone, and there were about 60 people on that call, this is our opportunity to use this time wisely, to use it to come out a better person, a stronger performer. What are we going to do? 
and and he he laughed with the team that he said i've got an electric guitar opposite me that i'm not showing it's got three years of dust i'm actually going to use this as an opportunity to get good on my guitar all right so it's finding us something that pulls us through that gives us a sense of i am making progress it's important to me right now it may not be about 27 years it might be about weeks or months it might be connected to family so feedback from that last call i had there was someone there a young single mother of two this is a period of getting even closer to her two children so what's that going to be for you so that's the general idea around purpose what we want to do now is start to pivot into sales we're about halfway through this call um, so if any of you have a something to share on get what gives you purpose and meaning any thoughts i've triggered for you on what's going to be really important for you to focus on to pull you through this period of uh, lockdown or covid just please do put that into chat all right there's just it will be great because there's a sense of sharing that we can do so it doesn't have to be bearing your soul it might just be something that matters to you so now we're going to pivot to the world of sales and we're going to look at what is it that customers need from us when we do a really good job for them what is it they tell us and this is research that consali has done over 15 years what is it they tell us that they need for us to really help them um, achieve what they're looking to achieve um, so sales mindsets is what it's our point of view if you like we've interviewed hundreds of customers of our customers this is what they've told us over 10 to 15 years they want to get from salespeople. mindset for us is your personal operating system how you cope when you're faced with a dilemma of do i go left or do i go right how do you behave when you're under pressure the first thing customers look for is authenticity are you honest credible unpretentious can i build a strong relationship with you the second thing is client centricity do you care about me are you going to be there when the going gets tough as well as when i want to buy something from you when i'm in a sales cycle do you care enough to contact me when you've got those two in place and you've built a strong relationship you can then move on to the next two which are those two that mark out the top 10 percent or so of salespeople in the eyes of their customers the third one is proactive creativity strategic forward thinking innovative you take your clients ideas they never thought of because you know their world so well and you know what your solutions bring and last but by no means least our idea of tactful audacity being daring bold and challenging a number of you will come across challenger sale and it's also being emotionally intelligent being aware of your limits now imagine right now trying to work out what the emotional limit is how far could you respectfully push a client not knowing where they are on the change curve now that's the challenge of the time we're in and the opportunity so what we're going to focus on for a moment is simply one of those authenticity how honest are you being with your customer how open are you being are you actually contacting your customers 
What customers tell us they want above everything else is please reach out to me. Please be the best version of a human being you can possibly be. And the highest performing sales professionals that I've spoken to in the last two or three weeks have unanimously said the same thing. I will be there for my customer. I'm not going to write them emails. I'm going to phone them up, WhatsApp, video call, whatever I can do so they know I'm there for them in this tough time. Because if I'm there for them in the tough time, they will remember that. When the going gets good, they will know who was there for them in this period that we're all sharing. And don't forget, we're all going through this at the same time. That's brought the barriers down. It's brought the barriers down for our customers and ourselves. We can have much, much more human interactions. The other piece that goes with this is your customers may be open to extraordinary innovation. We've seen it just down the road from me, the Formula One Mercedes team have built a form of ventilator together with health researchers in a really short space of time. So it might not be that sales has completely closed down. It might be you need to go with something more creative than you normally do. Um, so if any of you have got stuff that you've seen shift, I know this is an open webinar, but if there's something non-confidential you can share, please do. By the way, this webinar, you know this webinar, I only meant it to be a webinar just to support the world with a million people. So I actually worked, and I honestly hadn't intended this, it's worked as business development for me. I never, ever expected it to, but it has done. So there's an innovation that's gone with this sense of authenticity. So now here's just some thoughts on what we used to call the virtual world. But I think now we're all starting to realize this has become the real world for us. So this is a point, please, where I'd really appreciate it if you could put some thoughts down i'll go through some thoughts on how you can live these mindsets how you can bring your customers something even if it's simply being there for them even if it's quote just being someone that was there for them when it got tough all right so if you could put some things into the chat that would be wonderful i'll read through this as you're doing that so some thoughts I've emphasized about being a human being. They're going through their own change curve, too. Um, at least two of my customers have actually been suffering from mild forms of COVID as I've been talking to them. Do as much as possible on video. It deepens connections at the moment. Way more than phone calls. Of course, a thousand, maybe a million times more than email. And don't worry if stuff goes on in the background. I was on a call the other day, my two-year-old granddaughter, Cassie, popped up. Don't know how she got into my office. All of a sudden, there's a call going on with someone who thinks they're a serious business person and my granddaughter. Wow, how much do you think that would, um, that would change things? Yeah, so how does this work? First is you've got to be totally present in the conversation, listening to them with multiple senses. Not just eyes, ears, mouth, all that stuff, but with your heart, you know, with your soul. You've really got to be uh, in the conversation with them because you're missing that face-to-face uh, -face stuff. Double your social presence. Be really busy on LinkedIn. Um, insights, posts. So using the technology for what it's there for. 
We've all got tools, and I don't know about you, I'm using many of them. They're my new friends. Perhaps a less obvious one is let's all take lessons from inside sales, uh, from people that sell on the phone and the, and the web. They've had to be very different, and they often laugh with me that they've got some things that field sales could learn from. And what they do is they have to spend so much time doing research, research on them, research on their customers, on the customer's business. If they're in retail, what's going on in the retail market? And then listen, listen, listen. Number seven is about visualizing as much as possible. The agenda, the next steps, it's kind of getting real basics right. And then use every question, every request or order as a reason for another online meeting. All right, but remember, it starts with being a great human being, whether you're a sales leader, reaching out like that head of business did um, with their um, member of staff, Dave, if you're frontline, being there for colleagues, customers, whoever it is. You're a very shy group. It's quite intriguing, this. Thank you, Kathy. Yeah, mural. Kathy, I've been looking at this. What a really interesting tool. Now, there's so many apps and things out there that can help us collaborate. A global workshop with 50 people collaboratively, virtually. This is becoming our real world. Um, and I'm going to check out Mural because it, it seems to offer something. So it's not just about video calls now. We're going to have to work out how we position to other things going virtually. Sam, thank you. Um, yeah, we've got to keep our digital interactions consistent. Now, how we do that, we've got the technology to connect, you're right, um, but let's utilize it to the best of our ability. There's so much out there. Um, you now, LinkedIn, uh, I think the original article I put out there on this webinar, last time I looked, it was high 2000s of views. And I didn't do it to get lots of views, I do it because I wanted to really get some interaction going. So there's plenty of technology out there, some wisdom if we know what our purpose is to use it wisely in pursuit of what we're trying to achieve. So for each one of you, it's again that stepping back, being conscious of what's going to work for you. So then a few items just to draw this webinar to a close. Um, so I said about health. We have all been so busy being busy. And it looks like for many of us, we've gone through what was a, an initial period of adjustment, the way it was quiet. And now it's gone into being really busy with client video calls and video, video um, custom, uh, customer internal video calls, partners calling us, children interrupting us. In some ways, there may be more calls on our time than ever. And we're at home. The opportunity, part of my call to action for all of you, if it's about looking after yourself as this platform for managing your change first, now is an opportunity to manage our health, to look after our health in a way that we've taken for granted for a very long time. And rather than preaching to you, let me tell you what I've been doing. So three years ago, I was diagnosed with high blood pressure. My doctor told me I needed to take tablets. I was overweight. And if I'm honest, I took a big gulp and sort of ignored it. All right, I shouldn't have done, but I sort of did. Then a few months later, coincidentally, I had a bike accident. I broke four ribs. 
Uh, it took me months to recover. The doctors told me, had I not been wearing a helmet, I would have either been seriously brain damaged or dead. That was a good wake up call. I started to look after my health, uh, physical, mental, spiritual. Uh, I do yoga most mornings now. I, uh, yes, I'd say five or six days a week for uh, my yoga, half an hour in the morning. I go out running three or four times a week. I can now run about 10 kilometers without being particularly out of breath. So if I can do that in my late 50s, probably anyone can do it. What you need is a motivation. That's where purpose comes in. My purpose is I want to be the grandfather that did what I did this morning, which is with my two-year-old granddaughter, Cassie, run her around the, in, a, in our garden in a wheelbarrow for 20 minutes without being out of breath and then come back onto the next webinar. So that, that was my connection point, okay? And for all of you, there's so much, there's no excuses. What there may be is a lack of motivation. And I completely get that. So what can you do? What's a simple place to start on any of this health lock of, of something that gets you in the zone of positivity? This is such a simple idea. And I've known so many people that I've been speaking to on these webinars that have just tried it, all right? A gratitude journal. What is it? It's a simple habit of seeing the good things in your life, not simply being bombarded by the bad. It's a journal, a diary. It might be a piece of paper and it's actual writing, okay? It's writing, it's not typing because that connects into your brain more strongly. You fill it in at the end of each day, only put a few things that you're really grateful for. So you can see the beautiful smile on my daughter's face. There may be a few of you that have that on this call. Only put into it something that's meaningful for you. And we look at it at the end of each week. And I had uh, an MD on a call this morning. He was telling his team, he was actually a bit skeptical, but he tried it after um, the discussion he and I had had to set up their in-house webinar. And he was shocked, he said, when he looked back at all the good things that had happened that week. So just a way of getting some positivity into what you do. So we're just pulling it to a close now with, so how do we actually bring it together? So some of you may have seen this stat, some of you may not about goals, but I'm just only gonna look at that top one. If something's really important to you, you can only set one to three goals and achieve them all. Any more than that, you won't hit them all. So this is about focus because more goals will distract you, you won't achieve them. So if, if you, whether this is setting yourselves goals to get through um, this period, whether it's goals around sales, whether it's goals around your team, a small number. And on the right hand side is the suggestion of some of the things that can start. What is it that aligns to your purpose? What are you trying to achieve? What do your customers need? What does your organization need from you? What can you use from those sales mindsets of authenticity, of client centricity, of being very proactively creative and knowing how far to go too far on tactful audacity? What's in your control? You know, and this one about having lots of different calls on your time, often simultaneously, internal and customers. Well, what do you say is most important? And how can you perfect maybe some of these new skills? Really getting the most out of Zoom, for example, as Will can tell you, we've spent a couple of weeks finding all the little corners, all the things Zoom can do that we had no idea and were possible. 
And then what are your top three goals? Um, and I'm just going to start at this point. After this, there's things about my contact details. There's some resources. A place where you might think about starting is what we call the thriving charter. It's connecting purpose, core values, priorities, routines, and health. So what is your purpose? What brings you meaning? What, do you, what will you do to make a difference? Your core values. What values and belief power you, allow you to choose a course of action in a dilemma? So, you know, if you go back to the, do I take the internal call or the customer one, or does one interrupt the other? What's your core value? If your core value is client centricity, sorry, internally, you're gonna have to wait. That will be mine, okay? You may all do it differently, but for me, clients always come first. Priorities, what are your priorities? What's gonna bring purpose to your life? It might be one of your purposes is playing the electric guitar or learning it. Um, routines, what anchors and habits are gonna get you through each day to give it the normality you need so you can focus on the, the sales role and health. What will you be doing to look after yourself? If anything, you may choose not to. It is a personal choice. The invitation is there. Okay, so that's really what I wanted to share in this webinar. Will, handing back to you. So there we have it. Uh, what key takeaways can you take from Ian's webinar? Well, I think the presentation that he made about the Sarah curve is very relevant for us all. I think we've all been through different stages of sorrow and anger and then reconciliation. But I think the fact that it's it's um, happened for so long is really testing our ability to perhaps keep um, a sensible frame of mind and to make sure that we're doing the right things that can help us from a both a physical and mental um, standpoint succeed. I, for one, have taken note of the very fine lines one can have between working at home and work itself. Um, I think it's terribly important that we maintain a sort of sense of balance in what we are doing and how we choose to live. Um, and I hope you also have taken some um, points from Ian's presentation that you find helpful. Check out the show notes for more information on the Thriving in Sales webinar, which you'll see. And as always, if you found this podcast useful, please do share it with someone that you feel would benefit from it. Thank you very much for taking part. And we look forward to seeing you again on one of the future podcasts. Bye for now.